Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from Bakersfield, California. The Condors in action tonight against San Diego. Tomorrow, the Edmonton Oilers and the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Uh, we'll mention to you that Japanese Village opened a serve you to any one of their five Edmonton area locations. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked right before your eyes, reserved now at jvedmonton.ca. We are going to head to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Brendan, are we good to go? Yes. We can do it. Right in time. All right. There we go. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. Open 24-7. Zero restrictions. We welcome to the show a gentleman that played 814 games in the NHL, scored 280 goals, had, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, 30-plus goal seasons, and then for years was the head coach of the Chicago Wolves, first in the IHL, then the AHL, and then went on to be the head coach of the Atlanta Thrashers, also spent some time with Phoenix and Minnesota as an assistant. He is the current assistant coach of the Bakersfield Condors. We welcome to the show John Anderson. John, it's Bob. How are you doing? Awesome, Bob. Yourself? Pretty good. Let me ask you this. How did you end up in uh, Bakersfield? Sort of take us through uh, the the opportunity that presented himself uh, for you, a guy that's been an NHL head coach and been an NHL assistant and been a long-time American Hockey League coach. Uh, how did you end up uh, down in Bakersfield? Well, um, Gil Scott, uh, who is my agent, is uh, uh, Bill Scott's father. And, uh, you know, I was uh, basically, uh, you know, semi-retired I, I you know i would have looked at all my options but uh i was kind of sitting at home and uh you know uh, w- with uh the coaching staff moving up to from bakersfield to edmonton uh they needed somebody and uh relatively quickly because you know they were very thin on staff down here and uh so uh contact was made and and uh keith gretzky and i um who's a gm here uh, played together and were friends for years uh, down in San Diego, and uh, that's how it all came about. And uh, within two or three days, I was down here, and uh, uh, I'm glad the the decision on both sides was made. John, for a lot of our listeners, they remember you as a a high scoring member of the Toronto Maple Leafs during some tough times in the early 1980s. I think it's fair to say the Leafs 
were not exactly, a, uh, you know, an elite team, but you were a multi 30 goal scorer uh, with Toronto. What I remember is when Wayne Gretzky would go into Toronto and he'd want to put on a show. Uh, what, was, what was it like playing back in the late 1970s and in, in the early 1980s in the National Hockey League? And how dramatically has it changed uh, since I, then? I, I, uh, you, of course, have had story. multiple. Go for I, it. I have to tell you a funny story about that. With uh, Edmonton was coming into Toronto, and and Wayne was just you know he was obviously good right from the start, but really starting to put up some like numbers unheard of. So Laurie Boston was the center, and he was told that he was supposed to check Wayne tonight and don't let him go anywhere, you know, because back then it was you know a lot of man on man stuff, and so <laughs> he goes out there and Gret scores like six points, so. They asked Bosch afterwards, you know, how you know, how'd you feel you did? And he says, It's a good thing I checked him closely. He could have scored ten. <laughs> Well, he, he he could do that. I mean, uh, was Harold Ballard? He was still owning the Maple Leafs when you were playing for them, right? Yes, the whole time I was there. Mm-hmm. What was he like as a guy? Because it seemed like it was a bit of a circus back then in Toronto. It was, uh, you know. Uh, I have to say this though, uh, you know, everybody saw kind of one side of of Harold, which was kind of a, you know, a Donald Trump type of showman and stuff like that. But uh, you know, he really did care about the game. Uh, he cared about the lease immensely, and like some of the things he did behind the scenes, there was a Toronto Women's Club uh, that was going to go under because of underfunding. So he went in the paper and said, you know, I'll show them. I'll, I'll go and buy that women's club. You know, but. He was doing it not to not to make fun of of the women's club, but to get somebody interested in keeping it going because he thought that much of it. So, uh, you know, he had a big heart, uh, but he was a little gruff on the exterior. Yeah, we're joined by John Anderson, longtime NHL player, currently an assistant coach for the Bakersfield Condors. John, you had a powerhouse, and I mean a powerhouse in Chicago, uh, first in the IHL, then in the American Hockey League. I think you won two championships in the I and maybe two in the American League. Um, you know, you were there for, you know, a decade plus straight before going to the NHL as a head coach. What, what was it specific about ownership? Cause I've heard that they definitely looked after the players. They had some great players there. But what made that Chicago Wolves franchise such a great minor pro team? Well, first of all, it does start from the ownership on down. Our owner, um, you know, uh, he, he, he said, you know, don't save me enough money to ruin my franchise. So he, he didn't mind spending money, but it had to be, you know, legitimized. And uh, he, he demanded, you know, excellence. And so uh, that came from uh, right to the top, from, from uh, Don Levin, who was the owner, and Buddy Myers, who was the assistant owner, and, uh, you know, Kevin Chevaldeoff, who was the general manager there uh, when I was coaching. And, uh, you know, we, we wanted to win right from the start, right from the get-go. And I think uh, you know that combination of people and and, and ideas, and uh, knowing what we needed to uh, put on the ice, which we thought was a championship team. Because you know what, you can do whatever you want with personnel. Uh, you have to have at least a chance at the plate. And I think that's what Kevin and and myself and uh, Gene Ubriaco, who is the assistant general manager, gave to the Chicago Wolves was a chance at the plate uh, every year that we we looked after the team. You had Rob Brown on that team. Rob works uh, as an analyst on our broadcast. In fact, he's uh, been filling in over the last uh, four games uh, with uh, me down in the States here. Great guy. Uh, and, and you helped, I mean, did you kind of help him get back in the National Hockey League? Maybe you can explain that to our listeners as to what transpired there for Robbie Brown. 
Well, actually, what happened was um, the year before I was there, Robbie was there, and then he went, you know, I, I, I was coach, Gino Briaco was coach at the time, and he went up. But I will tell you one thing about Robbie Brown, you know, uh, I don't think he was the biggest and strongest guy out there, but he's certainly one of the smartest guys I've ever coached. And what he did was he reinvented himself from being a, a, a you know, when you think about it, originally he was a defenseman in junior. Uh, then he went on to be a goal scorer, and I think he scored 49 goals one year uh, in the NHL. And, and then, you know, really wasn't big enough to check, but what he did was he reinvented himself as a checker because he was smart enough to be in the right spots at the right time uh, to forward off offensive plays because he understood that, that part of the game too. So Robbie was certainly one of the smartest guys uh, I've, I've as a hockey player not a great practice player i'm told is that correct oh oh my goodness bob he'd make me cry some days i couldn't take i couldn't stand watching him you know what he did this is unbelievable uh when i was coaching my first year rob was up with pittsburgh so they had like a 10-day period where it was a layoff in, in the nhl so he asked me to come down and practice with the wolves and I was excited because I thought, you know, good, he's going to bring some NHL, uh, you know, habits and stuff to the game. I go, oh, my gosh, I could have cried watching him out there. And, and, and the, he, was, he was a drill wrecker. <laughs> he was a drill wrecker. But, uh, again, I love him, and, uh, you know, we won a championship with him. So, uh, you know, as much as he wasn't a good practice player, he was uh, certainly an Allen Iverson. He, he came to play the games. Yeah, well, I, I mean, skilled guy, absolutely. Still the, you know, the, the highest scorer in WHL history. I mean, he was just a spectacular offensive force with the Kamloops Blazers. We're joined by John Anderson. He's the current assistant coach of the Bakersfield Condors. After coaching in Chicago, you went to the NHL as head coach of the Atlanta Thrashers. Pretty tough sell by that point in that market. What was it like coaching there? Uh, well, first of all, I absolutely love the city of Atlanta. Um you know, uh, it, it's a great place. It's a, uh, you know, the weather is really good, but it still has the four seasons a little bit, you know, where you're going to get a little bit of snow, but it doesn't stay around. And, you know, the, the warmth stays around a long time. So I, I love the city of Atlanta. Uh, it was a little difficult there. Uh, and, you know, you, you know, we were, we were at around like 35 million on our cap, you know, just barely above the minimum. And, you know, when teams like, um, uh, well, San Jose would come in. They've got like 85 million on their cap. You know, again, I, you know, if you remember before, I was talking about giving yourself a chance at the plate, and we had some good players there, but you know, we, we couldn't, we weren't deep in players. So, you know, we might have like a line and two players, where other teams would be deep with four lines, and uh, it makes it very difficult to uh, compete as uh, at a championship level. Which, uh, you know, I think, you know, if you're going to put the skates on, uh, that's your goal every year to win the championship. John Anderson joining us. John, tell me this. Uh, you, you have a reputation of being an offensive-minded coach, of breeding confidence in your offensive players. What's the key for, for anybody driving around that wants to get into coaching right now or is maybe coaching? How do you get guys to have more offensive confidence? Well, I think, first of all, uh, you know, I don't, I don't believe in berating players. Um, you know, the only the only hammer you have against them is, uh, you know, really ice time. So, you know, I would explain to to the guys exactly what I wanted, and if it didn't happen on the ice, then their ice time, you know, got cut. Uh, and I wasn't uh, I wasn't aggressive about it, but uh, and again, not to say that I didn't have uh, uh, a few arguments here and there o over 40 years, but <laughs> uh, for the most part, I wanted the players to understand what I wanted from them. So can you imagine being on a bench and coming down and screaming at somebody? You know, they're going to turn you off. But if I come down and explain it to them, now they get what I'm, 
what I'm saying, you know, because if they do what I want them to do, then the whole team benefits from it. So I was probably more of a, uh, an explainer more than, than a yeller, and uh, I treated all my players with the most respect because one thing I do understand about uh, team sports, okay, uh, that old adage, you know, you're only as strong as, as your weakest link is so, so true. So if you can get your weakest link to up his game too, then you have more of a chance to win. John, you spent time uh, with Dave Tippett in Phoenix and Bruce Boudreaux uh, in Minnesota. Do they share a similar philosophy in terms of not believing in breaking people down and building them up? Yeah, yeah, both of them were, were players' coaches for sure. I think um, you know uh, Tip is a little more rigid in his systems, uh, where Bruce uh, has very good systems also, uh, but he allows the players a little more latitude within how they play them. All right. Uh, so, you've, how long have you been with Bakersfield now? Basically, the last three weeks. Is that is that about right? I think since yeah, since like February fifteenth, I believe. And uh, again, the first couple of days, you know, we we played the first day I got in, so you know, I really wasn't help. I was like a statue back behind the bench because I didn't know the guys' names. If they were in the back of the sweaters, I didn't know who they were. <laughs> and so that's what I have to say. Is, you know, Colin Chalk uh, and Sly Rodriguez and, and and Noah Siegel, they did a heck of a job down here for the, the first you know, uh, three or four games because it was basically all them and uh, uh, they really helped me adjust quickly. So, uh, uh, you know, hats off to them. They, 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 deserve, uh, they deserve a round of applause for uh, helping me out. All right, well, give us a scouting report because uh, we're getting texts coming in on a couple different players. What have you seen out of Dylan Holloway? Oh, boy, I have to tell you this, you know. Uh, again, you have to understand that I, and I don't know these players right off the bat. Uh, but since I've been here, I think Dylan is he, he's on his way up. He's, he looks explosive when he gets the puck. Uh, you know, he's strong on He's getting stronger. He's playing smart defensively. And, uh, you know, we're going to play him on some penalty kill now. And so uh, I just see uh, nothing but the best for him. He's, he's growing as a person. He's, he's an awesome kid. Uh, if you ever met him, you know, he's, he's, he's so polite and uh, just a great kid. So I think things are, are going to happen for him. Uh, it's going to take a little while. I think he's still nursing uh, uh, the injury that he had a little bit. And uh, once he gets that uh, completely cleared up, uh, you know, he, he should be in the NHL. I don't know whether it'll be this year. See what happens. Uh, Vincent DeHarnay and James Hamlin both got to your NHL deals. I'd like to maybe specifically focus on DeHarnay, a six foot seven right shot defenseman. Doesn't get a lot of power play time, has a decent amount of points. He's even stepped up and fought some guys, but he's plus 31. In this league, he's a pretty good D man, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's he's my go-to guy, and uh, he's a really good kid too. Like he he takes criticism well. He he uh, wants to be out on the ice. Uh, and today we were laughing because we were we we're talking about you know he's playing like you know 25 or more minutes a game, and he said you know what you know we were talking as, as a group, and you know maybe you know we should have some more days off and stuff like that. I said well I can always cut your ice time back, <laughs> and he started laughing. But he is he's a really good kid. You know what? And one thing that. Uh, People might not see from him because he's got a big loping stride. He thinks the game very well, and he's pretty good offensively. He's got some smarts offensively, but again, we, you know, we need him on that back end right now because we were short some guys, and uh, you know, his his defensive ability is is second to none on our team. So Jay Woodcroft and uh, Dave Manson came up to Edmonton. Uh, Colin took yeah. over as head coach, and we're going to hear from Colin starting every Monday on orders now. Are you, awesome. So you're coaching the defense right now. You're coaching the defense yes. right now. Is that right, John? Yes. How yes. often and, and in your being, career? I'll tell you why. 
Yeah, yeah. No, listen. The reason why is because I played D in men's league. <laughs> but I figured, I figured I've gone around enough defensemen to know what works and what doesn't. But you have to remember too, you know, when you're coaching in in, in the lower minors, um, you know, you you do the whole bench and stuff like that. So uh, it's certainly not foreign to me. And uh, uh, hockey's hockey, right? Awesome stuff, John. Thanks for sharing some stories with us. It's been uh, nice being you over the last couple of days. Thanks for joining us on Oilers uh, uh, now and con- continued success with the Condors. Bob, anytime, and I had a great time with you the last couple of days. It's, it's great to get to know you and uh, look forward to hearing from you in the future. All right, there you go. That's uh, John Anderson, who coached Robbie Brown, won multiple championships with the Chicago Wolves when Kevin Chevaldeoff was the general manager, both in the IHL and in the AHL, former NHL head coach in Atlanta. He's been an assistant with uh, Phoenix in Minnesota. Just remember that name with Bruce Boudreaux and Vancouver. Uh, maybe next season. I, I wonder whether or not there's a, a, a reunited uh, tandem there. They're philosophically aligned, to say the least. And you heard him. He's he's like, you get more of the players uh, by working with them and not by uh, breaking them down. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Out and building them up. It is currently 122 in Edmonton. We're going to get to some of your texts on orders now when we return. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30. Chet. 125 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Bakersfield. Let's go to the Oilers Now lineup report for Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Find your dream home, sell your old home, sold today. Edmonton.ca. Jack Michaels tweeting out today. Uh, expected lines tomorrow for Edmonton against Arizona. Connor McDavid up front with Evander Kane, who's got eight goals, 14 points in 19 games, plus seven with the Oilers. And Connor Yamamoto looked good on the Oilers power play as a net front. Uh, did a good job retrieving pucks. Dry settle with McLeod and Hyman on the right side. Still think Zach Hyman's better as a left wing than a right wing. Sometimes that happens with guys shooting on the opposite sides. Uh, I know as a kid, um, I was pretty much useless wherever I played, but I had a little bit of a success playing on the right side as a left shot. Uh, Devin Shore with Warren Fogle, who's not scored in 10 games, and Derek Ryan, who seemingly has been reborn under Jay Woodcroft. And today at practice, Malone with Josh Archibald. He's not played since Game 3 of the Oilers playing series against the Winnipeg Jets when he got tossed for a high hit. And Zach Cassian. So Archibald, of course, out with myocarditis. Um, appears he might be in tomorrow. Darnell Nurse, Cody Cece, Duncan Keith, Evan Bouchard. Bouchard's got 31 points in 57 games this year. He's a plus player playing 20 minutes a game. And he's still on his ELC next year. Philip Broberg and Tyson Berry were in the third pairing. Uh, Koskinen and then Smith and Skinner uh, were rotating. So theoretically, just going to throw this at you right here, right now. By the way, Chris Russell also took um, the skate today and was uh, leading the stretch. If Russell and Barry are activated, the Oilers are going to likely have to make a move, uh, potentially with Laguson on defense. And if Archibald gets activated up front, um, they're going to need to make a move with a forward as well. Uh, 
Stuart Skinner is on emergency recall, so if Mike Smith ends up getting activated, Skinner would be the automatic guy to go down. That's the Oilers Now lineup report for Craig Hummel at Remax Excellence. Find your dream home, sell your old home, sold today. Edmonton.ca. Just a reminder, Elliot Friedman is coming up at 135 today for Mid-City Construction Management. We'll tell you that cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin are now 11-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction. It's a tremendous honor for their staff, Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang. They're dedicated to ensuring that your customer experience is outstanding. You can reach out to Brent Ridge Ford at 1-877-477-FORD. That's 1-877-477-3673. Or visit BrentRidge.com. We'll go to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, one of the most plugged in men in the business, Elliot Friedman on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.